I have found some people in Piccadilly Gardens with incredibly funky hats. They look like Hello. rainbow umbrellas. Um, the Mills, yeah. Danny Cole, speaking to the people of Greater Manchester, baking in the glorious sunshine. But with big questions about our changing climate, just how glorious has this last couple of days been? This is the Manchester Weekly from The Mill. Hello, I'm Daryl Morris and the editor of The Mill, Yoshi Herman, joins us from The Mill newsroom this week. Yoshi, hello there. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, I'm very well. Hot, hey. Really hot. And it's not even that hot today. We're, we're recording today on the cooler day and it's still boiling hot. Yeah, it is. It was unbearable in the office yesterday. We had to decamp to a, a craft beer cafe, which I didn't know was necessarily a, a combination that existed. But a lot of the team went there and Danny was out and about recording little interviews with people around the city centre. So she was the one who bore the brunt of it. Basically, what you're saying there, Yoshi, is you went to the pub, right? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I salute that, my friend. No harm done. Uh, lots to come on this week's episode of the Manchester Weekly from the Mill. We're going to get to a story shortly that um, uh, that takes us, Yoshi, into... You guys at the Mill have been doing a lot of reporting on this lately. One of the asylum hotels in Greater Manchester. Is that right? That's right. So this is a hotel that in normal times would be bookable by members of the public. It's in an affluent suburb in South Manchester. We're not naming exactly where it is um, because of these sort of far-right activists that you get going along to these hotels. But this hotel has been booked out. It provides asylum seeker accommodation. And Jack's been doing some really interesting reporting about what life is like inside that hotel. Excellent. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, Firstly, let's start, Yoshi, with the baking temperatures. Oh boy, it's been really, really, really hot, hasn't it? Do you, you, off the top of your head, do you know the the height, the highest temperature that it reached in Greater Manchester this week? As far as I know, it's you know above the mid thirties, which was breaking the record that's been there for for decades. So yeah, seriously hot on Tuesday in particular. I think it got to twenty seven. I'm pretty certain that it was twenty seven in the garden. Sorry, 37, 30. yes, yes. 27 yeah, would have yeah, been a breeze, yeah. wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, yeah. Take that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, and it continues to be warm, doesn't it, Yoshi? Um, look, lots of conversations we've heard from some of the people that uh, the Mills' Danny Cole went out and about to meet. Shall we hear some more of the Mills' Danny Cole out and about in Greater Manchester this week? All right, so I will uh, go to one of them. Um, what is your name, my love? My name is Emily. And how old are you, Emily? I'm 28, just turned 28. Um, and tell me about your brilliant sunshade. Well, this was actually a present off of Sam here. It's uh, It started off because I get heat stroke really quickly. Uh, so it started off as a joke, like, yeah, have this, it'll keep the sun off your head. But this was last year. Uh, but found out it, it works incredibly well, so she bought more this year for us all. Yeah. And how long have you guys all been friends for? Uh, about 17 years. Yeah, a long, long time. time yeah. Yeah. yeah, very long time. Oh, brilliant. And are you guys from Manchester? Have you come here on holiday? Or? From Liverpool. Yeah, from Liverpool. Oh, so you've come over from Liverpool today just to yeah, enjoy the just sun. To hang out, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're here for a few days, so we're going for some brunch, but we thought we'd do it later so that uh, it's too hot to drink it that early in the day. <laughs> brilliant. And I'm presuming your very funky sunshade was also a gift from Emily. It was, yes. Apparently it was a multi-pack. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your name, sir? Sorry. Uh, my name is Zach. Zach, and how old are you? And I'm 30. <laughs> and Emily, you haven't got one for yourself? Oh, I do have one, but it's in the room. I uh, yes. I opted for not walking around with a funky hat today. Yes. <laughs> They're braver than I am. <laughs> oh, your, your hat is kind of funky, it's it just is. not it rainbow, is. I guess. Fantasy. Yeah, still drawing attention to myself, but not that much. People aren't pointing. <laughs> yeah, no. 
And what's brought you to Piccadilly Gardens today specifically? Uh, well, we're staying in the yeah, hotel right there. Yeah. Um, Travelodge, literally. Yeah, <laughs> but we have been here before and we uh, we booked the same hotel because we quite like Piccadilly Gardens and we saw the Euro thing being built but didn't know what it was. So, uh, yeah, it was good to come back and see that there. Brilliant. And then how else are you guys going to be keeping cool today apart from cool sunshades and just sitting uh, in, in the tree in Lots the trees of water. yeah Lots hopefully of water. there's a lot of ice in our cocktails <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. the mills danny cole speaking to people in the sunshine in greater manchester this week okay the serious side of this story of course is uh infrastructure britain just not being prepared to cope with these kind of temperatures and also the climate change thing in and around uh, greater manchester a few things disrupted school closures etc and the trains in particular struggling with the steel tracks potentially buckling under the heat getting across greater manchester by train yesterday was pretty much a non-starter and avanti west coast cancelled services between manchester and london euston not quite as disrupted as the east coast main line which takes people between yorkshire and king's cross that was pretty much abandoned altogether because of older infrastructure but the trains were a nightmare what else yoshi yeah, I think also there was disruption on the Metro link. So the Berry line was down on Monday, then it carried on being down on Tuesday. There were workers working on it through the night. And this is because the soaring temperatures had, had damaged the, the overhead lines. So Transport for Greater Manchester basically said the risk is too high of, of passengers becoming stranded on trams. So, you know, the tickets were accepted on buses, etc., etc. It wasn't a complete wipeout of the tram system, but that line in particular was badly affected and, and a few other bits fell off the schedule as well. It's also obviously raised lots of questions about climate change and extreme weather and Greater Manchester and the Greater Manchester Combined Authority and Manchester Council's commitment to climate change and the steps that they are taking or not. During the assessment of that, Yoshi, this week, what have we learnt? Well, interestingly, there was this meeting, this council meeting, where it was discussed that Manchester is currently not on track to meet the, the, the 50% reduction target that they have set councillors were discussing how to effectively catch up to meet the target. The idea is that the city should become zero carbon by 2038 and stay within its scientifically based um, carbon budget. But um, we spoke to Climate Emergency Manchester, who are a very active activist group um, looking at this and constantly sort of scrutinising the council on this issue. And they released a briefing note this week that said for the council to get back on track with its carbon budget, it would need to reduce emissions by 16% a year, which is extremely hefty. This group has suggested that that would involve having more sustainable transport programmes, using electric vehicles, building homes that have more effective insulation, um, that kind of thing. The Greater Manchester Combined Authority, so the whole of Greater Manchester, declared a climate emergency in 2019. And they sort of developed a five-year plan laying out how they would reduce carbon emissions by 50% across the, the region by 2024, 2025. Again, with the idea of being carbon neutral by uh, 2038. The consensus among experts seems to be that, A, it's not really enough just for local authorities and local governing bodies to, to be taking steps. The steps need to be much further than that to do with business and to do with individuals, but also that the steps that local authorities are currently taking are um, not sufficient, as as this Manchester meeting um, among councillors um, clearly acknowledged. So, you know, we're, we're getting into the territory of people are going to need to realise that quite big 
changes would need to happen to get to net zero, and those would have impacts on prices. They would have impacts on 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 one's daily life. That's going to be the tricky one in the next few years. Is really talking about okay, what? How realistically do we get to net zero? Given that we've had this huge shock of this heatwave showing us what will happen in future years um, if if fast action isn't taken. Okay, work to be done clearly. Um, as well as that, Yoshi, there were lots of warnings, uh, weren't there? Of um, of you know, people obviously take care, be outside as little as you can, but also particularly swimming in open waters um, and taking care in open waters. That leads us to a story from earlier this week, a really tragic story from Salford Keys. Yeah, a 16-year-old boy's body was was recovered from Salford Keys on Saturday. Police officers said they'd seen this this boy struggling in the water and they're not treating his death as suspicious. So this is another death in Salford Keys. We had one, I believe, last year. And um, over the weekend, firefighters attended two serious incidents in, in the water in the Keys. So the fire chief in Manchester, or the deputy fire chief, in fact, has said, um, we do not want people entering the open water in and around the Keys area. Cold water shock is a killer, regardless of how good a swimmer you are. Hmm. Sage advice. I've also just looked up Yoshi, the highest temperature. And there were temperatures forecast of 38 degrees in the city centre. It didn't quite get to that, but Rochdale Weather Station seems to be the one that that saw the top temperature of the day. 37.2 degrees Celsius in Rochdale on Tuesday, which is absolutely remarkable, isn't it? Remarkable. I think it got to 37 in my garden, but I'm only going off Instagram. You know when you can put the weather on Instagram and it comes with everything? So maybe a little bit less reliable um, (laughs) than Rochdale's weather centre. Our office uh, always seems to be about 5 degrees warmer than how it is outside i don't know if it's because we're on the fifth floor of the royal exchange i'm in the office now obviously when you're recording a podcast you have to close the windows and all that and it's baking in here we don't have air conditioning and to be honest 99 percent of the year you don't need air conditioning you wouldn't want air conditioning but on days like this and, and particularly early this week it was pretty unbearable that's a big part of the story, isn't it, about uh, air conditioning infrastructure and our offices and houses and stuff like that. It's a story that we will absolutely return to, for sure, because of the trends. Let's move on, though, Yoshi, to um, a story involving uh, an asylum hotel in Greater Manchester. Last year, we took you into the far-right movement, hassling the hotels set up to house asylum seekers. Today, we take you into the hotels themselves to ask if the conditions are up to scratch. You've been doing a bit of reporting on this, haven't you, at the mill, Yoshi? Yeah, Jack Dilhanty has been working on a story which is being published on the Mill today for for Mill members. So if listeners want to read that in full, they'll need to sign up to become a Mill member. Um, An entire hotel in in an affluent sort of suburb in, in, in South Manchester has been rented out by Serco, which is this giant company that the Home Office uses for um, to, to house asylum seekers. And what's actually happened is there have been complaints from a charity, a human rights charity called Refugee and Asylum Participatory Action Research, or RAPAR. And they recently published a scathing open letter about the living conditions there, talking about the food, talking about staff who um, asked residents of this hotel, asylum seekers there, not to uh, make complaints to a charity that, that's supposed to look after complaints from people in that position. RAPAR said in their open letter, over the the last four months, a number of people have been slowly sharing disturbing information about serious safeguarding issues. Now, 
we've been doing a bit of digging ourselves and speaking to some residents and ex-residents. After we went to Serco with some claims about poor food, Serco came back to us and said, we are reviewing the quality of the food being provided at this hotel to make sure it is meeting the required standards. It's staff... You know, we report that it's staff are advising asylum seekers not to contact uh, Migrant Help, which is this charity that, that that can help people out when they've got complaints. Serco really strongly denies this and says that their staff wouldn't do that. It would be misconduct if their staff did that. So that's highly disputed. But we've heard it from, from a couple of different people. We understand that there was a meeting between Serco and the council uh, last Friday to discuss the conditions at this hotel. Serco said it was a sort of positive meeting, but clearly the council is under some pressure um, from this this charity, Raypar. I would say that this is a bit of a tricky one because it's the Home Office who organises the contract for asylum seeker dispersal and and, and putting them up in, in these hotels. That contract then goes to Serco. So actually the council doesn't have a sort of direct role in it, although obviously it has some involvement because these this hotel is in uh, Manchester's jurisdiction. That's the story there. And, and Jack's written a really interesting piece. So I'd really recommend you have a look at that. All right, worth subscribing to The Mill. Manchestermill.co.uk is where you go to read Jack's insights from the Asylum Hotel in full. And uh, finally this week, Yoshi, there is a new BBC archive. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Uh, the BBC, of course, is celebrating its uh, 100th birthday this year, its centenary. And as part of that, it's developed an archive called BBC Rewind that has a whole stack of, I think there's about 30,000 clips from the BBC regional archives, right? So this is kind of like news uh, cuttings, cuttings from sort of programmes that went into various different parts of the country. And there's a search function. So if you go onto this website, BBC Rewind, uh, just search for that and it'll come up. And you search Manchester or Greater Manchester or Oldham or Rochdale or Bolton or Trafford or wherever you happen to be, you'll get a stack of news cuttings from those parts of the world there's some absolute gems on there you've got to be careful with this i would i would plan your time that you use on this carefully because you get lost down a rabbit hole you very easily lose a couple of hours of your day Uh, but there's some really good stuff on there including a video a clip from a news piece in 1982 where what was thought to be the world's biggest mural was being put together on the side of victoria warehouse there's a clip here from ports into the moss side riots in 1981 clip from 1951 where the queen mother was opening the queen at the time was opening the uh, manchester free trade hall Uh, there's also the last tram completing its journey its final journey through manchester the last of the old trams obviously in 1949 so there's some footage of that some real gems in there yoshi really worth a, a look i think through the archives bbc rewind is where you find it just search for bbc rewind and good luck maybe see you this time next week when you've not quite pulled your head out of it yet there's lots and lots to get into okay that's almost it from us for this week yoshi what's going on in the mill newsroom at the moment my friend what are we looking ahead to well, we've got an interesting piece coming out this weekend that people will read as our as our weekend read it's by a guy called frank owen He's written a piece for us before um, about um, a punk club in, in, in Manchester. This one is about how he, as a journalist, grew up in Manchester. Then he moved to New York for a few decades. So he spent most of his adult life in New York. He's just come back. And so he's got some really interesting reflections on how Manchester's changed since he went away. And I think that's going to be like a, a really interesting long read, sort of an interesting perspective from him. So I'm looking forward to publishing that. 
Oh, brilliant. Sounds really good. Okay, and for a nod for the weekend, Yoshi, for something to do around Greater Manchester, what have you got your eye on? Well, the Women's European Championships, football championships, are, are coming to their final stages. So you've got Germany playing Austria um, today. You've got Sweden, Belgium tomorrow. That is Friday. And then you've got France and Netherlands on, on Saturday. And there are, I have noticed people are sort of watching that in Piccadilly Gardens, watching that in other places. So there's that. Also, there's an interesting film at home this weekend. It's called Kurt Vonnegut, Unstuck in Time. And it's, a, it's been described as a dazzling, worthy tribute to, to the author. Compelling introduction. Um, it's a sort of um, deep, immersive dive into, into Vonnegut's upbringing, um, his creative output, um, his writing. So that looks really good. That is showing at home, uh, starting tomorrow at 1pm, and, and it's on for the next week. Lovely. Uh, my picks for the weekend, Joel Lysett, who is a very famous, very mainstream comedian uh, who you might have seen. Very funny, has lots of very clever ideas. He's a smart guy. He's only in Manchester over the weekend. That'll be a laugh if you've got a couple of hours spare on Friday, Saturday evening. There's a couple of tickets left to see him at the Palace. And Manchester Craft Beer Festival is on this weekend, which does exactly what it says on the tin. That's at Mayfield Depot as well, all weekend. So if you fancy that, if it gets too hot in the Mill Newsroom over the weekend, Yoshi, Craft Beer Festival is the place for the team to go. Uh, That's it from us for this week. We're back in your feed on Sunday for our 50th episode of the Manchester a weekly podcast we've got a bit of a special lined up as well where we'll take you into yoshi setting up the mill in the first place and reflecting on the last couple of years and how this podcast has worked to change or influence not change much but influence the journalism that the mill does the mill's journalism doesn't need changing does it frankly it is stellar and stand out and you can get it in your email inbox manchestermill.co.uk is how you subscribe and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast as well to get it in your podcast feed twice a week